This morning, our scripture comes to us from Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 3. This is a prayer that Paul wrote for them and for us. So hear this scripture. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, this morning may the words of my mouth, indeed may the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. We are in the midst of this series about how the tree is a a metaphor for our own spiritual growth. Consider the tree and, and talking specifically then about passing on the faith to the generations that follow us. And at the beginning of the series, I invited you, and I still invite you, if you have your favorite tree pictures, to send them to me because there's just something so magnificent about a tree. And so I want to share with you some of the ones that people have sent to me. And so, if you know Julia Erickson, that is her hugging um, a a new um, tree, a redwood tree that's very young. Um, And you're going to want to remember what that looks like because the very next picture, Julia is that little tiny speck on the left side of a giant redwood tree, just to give that sense of perspective. And so thanks to the Ericksons for sending me that picture. And then the Peters were out in the hill country a week or so ago, and they sent me this picture of a tree planted by the water. <clears throat> and then Diane West sent me some more pictures of trees by the water as we talk about how you are um, planted by streams of water. And these are just beautiful cypress trees here by the water. And then finally, Don and Vivian White sent me a picture uh, of a tree from the old Lawn Morris College in Jacksonville, uh, Texas. Um, so it was in their archives, I guess, from back in the 80s, and it was in December uh, of a year. And so it's this tree that, that is, shows us that even when the leaves are not there, uh, particularly for our point today, the roots are still very healthy, and that's a tree there. Um, And then, of course, I want to make sure that we remember the tree that's right outside in the commons because that is the tree that represents all the children, all the youth, all the generations that follow us that we have some amount of spiritual influence on. Thank you to all of you that have written the names of your children or the youth and the children who've written the names of their friends. It's been a beautiful thing. Teachers who've written the names of the students in their class and put them on there. Um, And and we still have plenty of room. I think we're going to need a ladder because to get to those top branches up there. But 
is a great way for us to see how the, the faith that is present within this congregation, how it spreads out uh, way beyond the bounds of this church um, because of your spiritual influence. Today we're looking at the importance specifically of roots. Um, and, and so in reading about roots, there's a, a, you know, a couple of different kinds of roots. One is the tap root, right? That one that goes straight down to find the water table. Um, and then there are the feeder roots that go out sideways. Um, the interesting tidbit that I found out about tap roots is that most trees only keep their tap root through the time they're a seedling. And as they mature, they put out these feeder roots, and that really is where they draw their nourishment. But there is this tree uh, that's found in South Africa. It's called a shepherd tree. And it is, you know, I mean, it's in a very uh, deserty, arid um, kind of a place. And though the tree only grows to about 30 feet, the tap root can go down as far as 233 feet down to get down to the water table. Um, I just thought that was amazing. Um, then the picture here of the, of the more traditional kind of roots, the, the feeder roots as they spread out. And as feeder roots spread out to get nourishment and water and push out, um, all of us who have trees planted too close to your home <laughs> know how very persistent these roots can be as they push forward. Um, I'm sure there are lots who have seen people with foundation damage for that. Then the the roots that spread out can go way beyond just the canopy of the tree above. They can go out two to three times as far as the canopy of the tree. And then, since we're talking about roots, I get to show you again a couple of slides I've shown you before because I just think they're so cool. So the banyan tree, remember, the tree that I saw in, in uh, Florida and that lives in other places, they just drop their roots directly from their branches um, and form new root systems directly off their branch. And then just this cool tree that we found um, as we were hiking in New Hampshire, uh, just to see how creative roots can be as they crawl around rocks, as they go wherever they need to go in order to find that nourishment. The purpose of roots are to bring in nutrition and water and for the stability of a tree. So roots really do matter. They matter a lot because no matter what's happening up here, if the roots decay or if they are poisoned or if in some way they become unhealthy, the tree will die. It matters what the roots do. And roots need a lot of attention, clearly. <laughs> we just have to look over there to see that we, they need attention. They need water and good soil um, and nutrients. And so it, it's the metaphor I want us to get is how our faith is like a tree. The roots that are sort of hidden away, that's, that's our interior faith life. Mostly happens um, out, of, out of sight of anybody. That's the roots and how critically important those are. And then it's our outward actions, our acts of faith that become like the tree that bears fruit. Um, and both are important. And how do we nurture the spiritual development of the generations to follow us? We pay attention to their roots. Paul's prayer in the scripture that I read um, in Ephesians says that he prays that we may be strengthened in our inner being. 
through the Spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you're being rooted and grounded in love. And he says, as that happens, we get the power to comprehend, he says, with all the saints, what is the breadth and length and height and depth. That sounds like a root system to me. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge and be filled with all the fullness of God. What a beautiful outcome that is. He talks about the power of the Spirit. He talks about faith in Christ, and he talks about being rooted and grounded in love. And I want to take those in reverse order because I think that third one, rooted and grounded, leads to the other two. And so I want to start with that, being rooted and grounded in love. Now, that would be being as, a, as opposed to being rooted in something else, rooted in anger, <laughs> rooted in fear, Rooted in a mistrust of other people. Rooted, maybe, maybe you were rooted in a love, uh, or at least somebody called it that, but, but there were so many strings attached or so many conditions that, that your roots were rooted in this really conditional kind of love. Because the truth is, as a child or a youth or an adult comes to experience unconditional love, as they are rooted and grounded in unconditional love, then, then they may perhaps begin to accept that the God above could love them as well. What an amazing gift. And, and I've seen that in action here in this church, the love of this community, this particular faith community. I, I've seen how you reach out to each other whether just the regular, just trials of life, but sometimes particular crises um, from your small group or you just reach out to each other and surround a person with a community of love. And, and when we do that over and over again, what a beautiful sight that is and how, how much easier it becomes to think that maybe, just maybe, God also loves me when we're surrounded by a community of faith. So as we're rooted and grounded in that love, then that can lead us to faith in Christ. And friends, we, we don't wanna ever leave that to chance. The, the faith in Christ that comes out of being rooted and grounded in the love of people and the love of Christ as, as those who are passing on the faith to the next generation, we don't ever want to leave that to chance. It is critically important. So we talk about our faith. We, we talk about their faith as it's developing. We let them know um, how important a faith and how available God's love is as they come to a faith in Christ. And then that leads to power in the Spirit. So those are reversed. If you want the sort of Wesleyan terms for all of those, the way I would sort of look at that is, is the rooting and grounding in love. <clears throat> Wesley might call that prevenient grace, right? It's that grace that's gone before us that, that we can really best see looking in the rearview mirror. We can look back over our lives and see those times and instances where, where people showed us uh, an amazing love or helped us develop our faith, that grace that's gone before us to bring us to where we are today. 
The, the coming to the moment of saying yes to Christ, that's, that we'd call that the justifying grace, that, that time that we say yes. Um, and that may come once, uh, once upon a time, but you know what? For me, it can happen a lot uh, that we need to repeatedly say yes to Christ. And then the, the living in the power of the Spirit, we would call that God's sanctifying grace, that grace that allows us to live a full and abundant life um, through the power of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> we need to understand, too, that our spiritual growth, like the roots of a tree, happens mostly out of sight. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, I planted and Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. I think that's such a beautiful way to remember that as we do our part, that it's really God who is at work in ways that we are cannot know that causes the spiritual growth in, in a person. And then I always love Proverbs 22.6 that says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I can't tell you how many times I prayed that Proverbs over my kids um, as they were growing up, but, but here's what I came to understand. The proverb says, train up a child in the way he should go, but the promise is, and when he is old... <laughs> will not depart from it. You know, there is a lot of life that happens <laughs> between training up a child and being old. Um, so friends, take heart. <laughs> take heart. Um, no action that you have taken as you have shown uh, unconditional love, as you have helped others to be rooted and grounded in unconditional love, have talked to them about the, the love of Christ, if, as you have shared about faith or as you do share about faith and, and talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, those efforts are never wasted. They're never wasted we may not get to see the growth, but you know that, that God uses what has been done to help strengthen those roots, and we just have to trust in that. So a word to parents. Those of you that are actively still parenting, God bless you. <laughs> what you're doing is hard. What you're doing is difficult. There are days I know that you are absolutely exhausted and yet, you have these young ones that are looking to you for nourishment, for everything. Um, and, and you recognize the importance of what it is that you're doing. And you love them so much, and yet sometimes they step on that very last little nerve that you have. I want you to know that this preacher knows that what you're doing is hard. But you know what? What you're doing is important. It is critically important. Bringing your child with you when you come to worship, letting them go to small groups, letting them help you when you are serving, um, talking to them about faith just in the matter of course of life, doing life together, it is so important. And thank you, thank you for taking the time to make sure that you are doing that with your children. It is important. And for then all of us, it's also critically important that we remember that we cannot pass on what we do not have. We can't pass on what we do not have. So, friends, it's up to us to begin to develop those holy habits that help us now to get rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. Some folks 
in this room today may have to overcome some of the rooting and grounding that happened in your life in your early life. Maybe, in fact, you didn't have the privilege of being rooted and grounded in an unconditional love in your family. Maybe you were rooted and grounded in something else. Some of you may have old images of God stuck in your head that are less than a completely loving God always open and always drawing. We have those things to overcome. And so my word is begin now. Start now. Say yes to Christ now. Begin meeting with others in small groups to learn to talk about your faith. Do it now. Pray for the power of the Holy Spirit now. And then live an authentic life. Allow your roots to grow deeply into the love of Christ through worship and prayer and study of the scriptures and Holy Communion and acts of mercy. For some people, it's been the walk to Emmaus weekend that has been sort of that spark that has started in them this understanding of the truth of Christ's all-encompassing love. Challenge yourself to be present in worship every single week. Join a small group. There's a bunch of ones that are about to start now. And commit to praying every day. Commit to praying two or three times a day. Some of those may be just, thank you, Lord, but learning to turn our head toward God. And the result, Paul gives it in this scripture. He says, now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than we could ever ask or imagine. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Deeper than the very deepest taproot, wider than the most spread out feeder root system, stronger and more durable in the face of winds and storm is the faith that comes from being rooted and grounded deeply in the love of Christ. And you have that power because God gives you that power through God's Holy Spirit. Believe it. Act like you believe it. And then again, remember our wonderful challenge and responsibility and joy to pass on that faith to all those who come behind us. There is no work that we will do, friends, that is more important. Let us pray. Holy God, Lord, how we give you thanks this moment for those who have gone before us in the faith. We give you thanks for those who have shown us what unconditional love actually looks like. We give you thanks for those who have helped us to be rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. And then, O oh God, we ask that you would strengthen our root system, that you would help us day by day by day to nourish our roots, to allow you to help them to grow and be strong. 
And then, oh God, turn our hearts to those who follow us in the faith, whose eyes watch our every movement, whose ears hear our every word, and who are waiting to see how to model their lives. May we be true to you, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.